Happy Monday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pillow Talk, the interview series of Pussy Church, where I call some of my favorite erotic creators. This is Laura, an erotic writer and the creator of Tales of Laura, which you can find at talesoflaura.com and at Tales of Laura on Instagram. And today I'm checking in with Vespa, a professional dominatrix and psychology graduate. We talked about how the power dynamics experienced in the dungeon easily translate to everyday life, her tips on how to get started as a dom, and then she shared the most fulfilling aspects of her work with us. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk, the special interview edition of Pussy Church, where I talk to some of my favorite creators. And today I'm here with Vespa, a professional dominatrix living and working in New York City. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, and it has been a while. Yes, totally. We got such incredible feedback from the show. And I remember us talking when you were on the first time and it was just going on and on. And I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to her again because there is so much more to cover on this topic. <laughs> that is so true. Also, so much more happened since. I know. I just is funny when we were scheduling the show, you mentioned something. You said um, that you have an overnight client, and I didn't know what that meant. Well, overnight client is when we spend the entire evening and then we sleep on the same bed together. And, ah. then, and I spend the night with him, and then we wake up and go get coffee, and then I go home. So it's basically mm -hmm. a girlfriend experience? Um, sort of, I don't do full service with this client. It's more like a girl friend experience because uh, we actually were playing video games all evening. No. <laughs> and then, and then I just slept over and then we were, I don't know, it was like very, not really super dumb experience it was more like Doesn't a friendly like experience it. <laughs> he's still my, yeah but but he's still my client and it's just I don't know it's one of those very strange dynamics so sometimes you sometimes. do have like a whole dom experience with him but this time it was just playing video games yeah <laughs> how does that work for you then coming into the experience are you still in the role you know like playing some kind of a role or you just show up by your like just you if it's like pre-set up scene i would say when i require to play another character then yes i can be whatever you want but most of the time i'm just being myself mm -hmm. and maybe i'm just naturally sometimes can be very very mean <laughs> <laughs> because i feel like it And We've talked about this the last time. Some of my friends, they actually appreciate that I do can be mean sometimes. Um, like very recent experiences, a friend of mine, she has her own company and she hired some like creative person on a team. And that person was not pretty good and she couldn't fire him because he was telling everybody that she is 
very mean and but and she's not she's a sweetheart and she called me and she said like i don't know what to do because if i'm gonna fire him it means i'm mean it means i'm a bad person i was like well if you want i can do it for you (laughs) i don't mind and i come to her apartment and i actually taught her how to how to be mean it was just very interesting because she was so insecure about being rough and being powerful even though she's the boss Mm, Uh, interesting and i told her like it's fine if people tell you oh you're so mean the best way to answer is like oh you don't know me so well you haven't seen me yet oh wow so So what did you tell her to say uh well i told her that say exactly that it's like if you think i was mean Mm. before wait for it but you know what you actually won't have a chance to to see it because you're not gonna work here anymore and it was like clear a power play Mm -hmm. and she was yeah and he was taking power away from her and the tool it was to use her insecurities against her and then i just Mm. told her you need to take that instrument away from him and if he's using your insecurity oh you're being a bad person be a bad person and he's not going to use it against you because now you're using that tool. I love it. But it's so interesting because you also study psychology or study psychology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that a lot of the things that you're just talking about, I mean, they. I'm assuming that they come from your studies, but also from experiences that you actually have in your work. And mm-hmm. then to take them um, into a quote unquote, like normal work experience or whatever, you know, yeah. or a traditional work experience and still mm-hmm. people function similarly. It's of really course. quite interesting, you know, that you can just see how people, if you do power play professionally, you an expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I think most of the dynamics that we have in the society, it is a power play. Mm. one way or another we do have to dominate in certain situations or we have people who dominate over us and then we can sort of submit to them for example if it's our boss and and they tell us what to do they use their power tools to control us Mm. or Mm -hmm. have a government or we have a police institution like so many or even in the like regular romantic relationship it might happen when one person is more dependent in a relationship than Mm -hmm. the other it's kind of like one person needs that relationship more than the other and the one who needs it more is usually the most submissive one in the relationship yeah because he's gonna do more and take a step forward to keep the relationship and the person who doesn't who who loves less is not so much afraid to lose that person unless it's a power play yeah i just wanted to say because i feel like that people who need to control their relationships Mm -hmm. are often the ones that are actually pretty insecure yeah of course so in that sense but they still have power over other person it has nothing Mm. to do with insecurity it's about knowing how to use the instruments of power that you have over other person. But does that not kill all intimacy? (laughs) (laughs) Not all, maybe not sexually, but (laughs) emotionally. (laughs) 
Uh, like the manipulation, you mean? Yes, yes. I mean, it's, it's obviously if you use it in a toxic way, then yes. But you totally can use manipulation to make a person fall into you and make it even more romantic and more kinky and, I don't know, more interesting, more dangerous sometimes. Some people, they just like danger and they like something that they don't know they like to feel on the edge i myself mm. the same way so yeah if someone can manage to manipulate me i think i'm gonna feel like this is hot because ah. it's something that them. and if somebody is that smart and managed to do that um th that sounds really sexy to me what about that would be sexy to you just that this person even though you've experienced so much of it, can still one-up you? Yeah, of course. It means like they're so much stronger than me. And it's very interesting because it's something new. It's something... Because I'm usually very good at like see all those things, all mm -hmm. those traps that people trying to use. And when I don't, I feel deep respect. I was like, huh, you know your craft. I like it. So what are some of the manipulation tactics that um, you can easily spot? Oh, well, obviously, when someone's trying to use your insecurities, that's like one of the most obvious ones, mm -hmm. trying to find it and then try to make you feel bad or maybe make you feel guilty or maybe mm -hmm. put you to a position of discomfort or scare you in a certain way and then comfort you. So they're the ones who, who make you feel scared or insecure. And then they give you the solution from yes. that. And oh, you God. tend to trust them. And then you feel like, oh, I need them because they're the person who can save me. So I need to keep them around. And you mm. bond to them. That sounds like trauma bonding. Sure. Yeah. But. It, it, you, you don't have to actually create the trauma. You might say something, you know, it's kind of like it works in marketing all the time. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, your husband will leave you. But if you will buy uh, this muscle shaker, he's going to be with you forever. You know, <laughs> so they create a problem and then they give you a solution. And then you're like, oh, oh my God, they can save me. I totally have have to go and spend my money on it so even though you didn't even think that that was a problem yeah, exactly. in the first place <laughs> yeah they created the problem and then they give you the solution so really in the end this could also be within like um, a relationship right when somebody is telling you you have a problem and then they have the solution mm -hmm. but you didn't even think yeah. you had a problem beforehand exactly exactly oh fascinating <laughs> i like this like this is like now it's psychology and um psychology with a dominatrix <laughs> yeah it calls dark psychology i know we talked about this last time but as a quick refresher in your school that you're doing now, you're teaching other people to embrace their inner strength. Yes, yes. I Through the tools mm, of a dominatrix, kind of. Yeah, pretty much, yes. Mm -hmm. It actually has like three levels. Like mm -hmm. first level, it's totally about power exchange and psychology and psychology be behind kinks and 
human interactions. Uh, second level is about people who actually want to study more niche kinks mm-hmm. and how to do them. And the third one is about how to make money doing it. So this episode, we got a lot of listener questions for you. And mm-hmm. one of the first two that I wanted to read you, so I think we'll just jump right in, was two people asking for advice on how to become a dominatrix or how to enter the business um, and where to start. Mm-hmm. So that would be actually, I guess they could take your class. <laughs> uh, they could. Right now I'm launching it uh, for Russian audience. Okay, because got it. Russian is my first language and it's the language I speak the best. And most of my following on Instagram are from Eastern Europe and they have been waiting for that school for three years. <laughs> so I do it first for them. Okay, so and only then, if you're Russian, you can do this, or <laughs> yes. if you speak it anyways. Yeah, if you speak it anyways. However, I do uh, personal classes for people if they want it. So it's kind of like uh, like personal coaching, I would say, yes. one-on-one. Um, but I do actually tend to launch the school in English after I finish it in Russian. So what would you say for advice for somebody who would like to enter the business? Just basic things, you know, and where to start? Well, first and foremost, you do need to actually like BDSM. Yes. And okay. a, lot of, a, lot, a lot of people, they think you just sit in a chair and let a guy to suck your toe and then you're going to make <laughs> uh, $3,000 an hour. Like, that, that's a little bit just a little bit more complicated than that I imagine <laughs> you <laughs> have to our be... last interview <laughs> you have to be extremely open-minded you have to understand that it is a sex work and mm-hmm. a limitation of where this all gonna begin and all your boundaries they're totally on you and if you do love BDSM if you practice it with your partner or you practice it with other people and you do want to start it as a business you can simply create a website put an advertisement maybe follow other people other prodoms on social media a lot of us we help a new doms to with advice nice you can just advertise yourself on social media advertise yourself on Eras.com or Slixa, something like that. Or okay. you can create an OnlyFans and do dumb work only online. Basically, you're saying, though, that you got to be passionate about it. And ideally, it's your hobby already. <laughs> yes, because I think when you have no interest in that, you're going to burn out very easily. Mm, because I imagine. Uh, you give so much of yourself you have to like control because you are in control all the time Mm -hmm. and you're not only for a scene itself sometimes you have to be ready to be in control for someone's life someone's health and understand that oh if i will do this wrong this person might die it's like with great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. the Spider-Man quote. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly like that. And and you have to be ready 
to take that responsibility or at least to understand it. Because well, of course, sense... you to, yeah, like you don't have to do all the dangerous things, but people are going to ask and you cannot feel like, oh, this pervert. Oh, no, this is not a word for you anymore. Mm. Oh, I like it. I love you, it. <laughs> if, I'm sorry. If you do that, you have to be ready. People ask you a bunch of weird questions and you have to be okay with that. Yes. And maybe even interested. Yes. Right? I yes. mean, somehow curious about what that means and how it would look yeah. like. And excited of maybe trying out something new, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. But about the safety, though. Um, I mean, obviously, if you practice BDSM already, often or most of the time, hopefully, you're aware of a lot of safety concerns um, mm -hmm. and have been taught them by either partners or in dungeons or whatever. But mm -hmm. as a dom, you have to be extra knowledgeable, I'm assuming. Of course. Of course. You have to know anatomical part pretty well to make sure that if you practice shibari, for example, mm -hmm. like you know like how to not um, stop the bloodstream through the major veins. So yes. not going to lose their consciousness. Or you have to be aware that certain um kinks or like certain um impact play you cannot do in certain parts of the body for example you cannot hit or flog or spank a person in a belly or in a kidney area because it might be potentially very dangerous yeah. and only certain safe parts of the body that you can use for certain kinks if you don't want to put them in the hospital which is <laughs> hope you don't i hope you don't please don't <laughs> yeah please don't please don't <laughs> that's not part of the kink probably <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay. yes you always have to keep in mind safe sane and consensual and mm. safe be the most important of all of them yes to get into another question along that line one person asked what is the most fulfilling thing for you personally being a dominatrix it's to see immediate result of what i do what does that mean um when i touch somebody or when i say something or when i ask them to do something i like to see their immediate reaction I'm extremely impatient person. <laughs> and that's why I don't invest long term. <laughs> also but, makes sense like <laughs> that you do the job you do. <laughs> you can live your impatience as a virtue. <laughs> yes. And for me it's kind of like an immediate reward that I You mean do see something. the pleasure on their faces or I see the pleasure or fear and I see uh. it works. It makes me so happy. It makes me extremely powerful. Some submissives, they, when they see me for first time in real life, the way they look at me, it's like they had, like they see an angel. And I don't feel like that when a vanilla guy is looking at me. <laughs> Interesting. I look like he's, I don't know, trying to violate me. <laughs> But when a submissive is looking at me, he's kind of like, oh my God, the greatest miracle just happened to me. 
Oh, Interesting, God, because so you're like a goddess. Yeah, yes. And it makes me feel so good, and I like it. And then I do something to scare them, and they and I can see they're scared. Or when I hurt them, and I can see pain. Or when I manipulate them, and I can see they fall into that trap. Or when I do something really really dangerous or like potentially dangerous or scary and they trust me with that and they don't question my knowledge they trust me and they know that when i'm there nothing bad is gonna happen to them because i'm in control and even if something will go wrong they know i will fix it and that's something that just I don't know. It's so good. It's one of the best feelings in the world. Their trust makes you feel like you can actually do it, even if you wouldn't think so without them looking at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. It makes me feel very powerful because I'm still a human and I do have insecurities and imposter syndrome. And if a client trusts me to do that, I think I can do that. If he if he knows and trusts me enough that I can fix anything that would potentially go wrong like I believe in that too and I like that feeling so is that feeling because another question was um describe how being a dom turns you on if it does and we've talked about this a little bit the first time around but what you're explaining to me right now is not necessarily a sexual turn on or is it it depends some things they might be very very sexual like the certain ways when submissive interacts with my body turns me on very much like what for example (laughs) food fetish all day Mm. when they massage me or when they just being like so submissive to whatever my crazy ideas turns me on so much and yeah that that's like I'm I'm thinking about it and I'm losing it <laughs> right now <laughs> because I just come back from like one of those sessions when a client was looking at me like oh my god you're a goddess and I was like okay do this and do that and she's like yes of course and I was like holy shit I'm amazing <laughs> I love this okay. <laughs> after this episode everybody wants to be a dom or something <laughs> you know like after that it's also very hard to fall into vanilla guys who use their toxic masculinity and trying to put you down than to to kind of like like oh yeah you're not that pretty but yeah I'll probably have sex with you just you know because I'm so cool and I was like no dude you're not cool move on <laughs> we don't want you so like that's that's interesting but you also do you enjoy vanilla sex also yes of course I have a vanilla sex at home yeah, I'm married and my husband, he's not kinky at all. Uh, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> A lot. <laughs> A lot. We've been married for almost seven years. Um, he, he doesn't like it. So, but I do love him and I do love vanilla sex and the way he does it. That's my favorite thing. You obviously have found a way to balance the two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what would you say for, this is just something that just, popped into my head if somebody is very kinky let's say right um Mm -hmm. and falls in love with somebody who's very vanilla what ways do you see that working or not working 
the best way I think would be for partners to agree. It's like, yeah, all right, you like this kinky thing and I trust you enough to do it with other people. Yes. Mm -hmm. So and my husband does trust me a lot to do it with other people. He knows how important it is to me. He can see the way it makes me feel and he wants me to feel this way. He makes me feel something else and powerful and loved in completely different levels. But he knows that to me and he knows that in the end of the day i am his wife i am with him he's the first and the most important person in my life he's my best friend and that's that was our agreement and that's how it worked with us but yeah communication is the key like always try to find a way don't shame each other for liking or not liking certain things because you are chose to be together because you like each other and because you want to make each other better or stronger or happier and work in that direction not other way around for sure yeah i like that interesting another question today everything kind of flows into each other which i love Mm -hmm. (laughs) um a question was my husband is into degradation Mm. how can i get better at it um so this is a couple apparently where he has mm-hmm. a little, I'm assuming now he has more knowledge or he's more on the kinkiest side knowing what he yeah. wants and she's trying to accommodate I guess or start playing with him. I think the best way is actually practice and practice on him. Um I think a lot of uh, doms ask me like the maybe dominatrices or just women who like practice kinky activities at home um they ask me oh but if i gonna ask or tell him that i don't know something he's not gonna see me as powerful no that's not true mm. first have to tell him i don't quite know how to do that but i want to be better and your job as a submissive to help me to get better so we're gonna practice things and you're gonna give me feedback and you're gonna tell me what do i do amazing and what i need to improve and you can tell me how i can do that so i can be better for you and for myself and if you practice something new with a new submissive and you tell them straight away like yes i do want to try it but i have no fucking idea how to do that but I want to practice and I'm going to practice on you. It's also very b- beneficial for submissive because certain kinks you can try and they're not going to work for a particular person just because they like different style. But that particular submissive is going to teach you the way he already likes it. Yes. You won't need to get used to him or like relearn things again or like adjust your knowledge. Like, no, you're going to learn exactly how he likes it and if that person happened to be your partner then you do want to learn exactly the way he wants it so interesting you know you can also just use this and I always think about this with BDSM especially how good um practitioners are in communication you could even use all of this for just vanilla sex you know what I mean of course it's so funny I was just in Berlin um, a couple months ago and I jumped into a cab the cab driver was maybe 22 or something you know 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I run a podcast about sexual wellness and I have a magazine. And he was like, oh, my God, can I ask you some questions? And I'm like, <laughs> sure, you can ask me some questions, you know. Um, and he's like, how do I find out what women like in bed? And I'm like, well, best you ask the woman you're yeah. in bed with. And he was exactly. like, oh, he was like, oh, my God, I could never do that. I'm like, that is what will set you apart from all the guys your age. Yeah. And everybody will want to have sex with you. Don't you worry if you start asking mm-hmm. people. And I think it's so interesting that people think that that's the bad thing to do. Yeah, I feel like there is um, kind of like a stereotype that if you have chemistry, whatever you do to each other, you automatically are supposed to like it, you know? Yes. And if you don't, then you question yourself or you're just being quiet because, oh, no, I'm not going to tell him I don't like it because he's going to feel bad, you know? Like, mm-hmm. no, they don't feel things the way you feel them. Communicate. Don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to tell. If you're in bed with somebody and you tell them, I don't like it this way, I like it that way, and they get offended, you don't want them in your bed. That's you don't ridiculous. want <laughs> people take things so personally when it's not about them. I think I'm actually excited when somebody tells me what they like in bed because mm-hmm. it helps me pleasure them. And this is yeah. what I'm here for. Like I'm here to give and receive and like I yeah. can't read your mind. So you better tell me if you like something very specific, especially, you know, because yeah. I can't come up with that. Like I'm not going to try 700 things and see when you say yes. It'd be way easier mm-hmm. or we could do it this way. But shortcut would be to just tell me (laughs) of course and if you cannot say it out loud i mean you can find a scene from the movie Mm. and show it to your partner so i think this is so amazing and inspiring i would like to try something like that and they would have at least vague idea of what are you talking about yes for sure Somebody also asked, um, what is the balance between dominance and humiliation? Huh, that's a very interesting question. Well, dominance doesn't have to be mean. Exactly, yeah. Like you can be very nice, actually, and still dominate people. We're going to kill them with kindness. <laughs> um, there was a lot of interactions when you actually want to be a parent figure for your submissive mm. or or like a guide or a guru something like that and it has absolutely nothing to do with humiliation yes or you can be very cold but still keep it respectful mm-hmm. like humiliation it's just one part of kinky world a very small one actually yes. So if you open something, uh, any sort of sex or BDSM dictionary, you can find so many other words (laughs) (laughs) and they all part of that domination and submission dynamics. Yeah, it's interesting. I was even, um, even in my own experiences, but also talking to um, some doms about and subs about this idea of actually the dom worshiping the sub also mm-hmm. as a dynamic in a mm-hmm. sense of like e- even if they're flogging right to mm-hmm. be 
giving the sub what the sub wants and therefore actually being their servant to a certain degree, as like complex as it gets now. <laughs> yeah, it calls a uh, service top. Ah, there we go. Yeah, you provide them service and you do really want to please them and you want mm -hmm. them to, to subspace because that's something that makes you feel good. It's not about like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm dominating them in real life. No, it's a play and you just get off on being in charge and they get off being um, being not in charge, you know, but they, yes. they kind of feel in charge because they tell you what to do and you just happen to like the same thing, but in the other end of the spectrum, you know? Totally. <laughs> yes. And that has no humiliation in it. Yeah, that it doesn't have to be humiliation, of course. And I tell my subs all the time, um, during and after session, how much I'm actually proud of them because some of them they can take very brutal things and mm. they can take so much pain that make me scared for them. <laughs> and I'm kind of like, I, I mean, I don't think that this is safe. Like, I would probably already feel very uncomfortable, but if you like it, okay, I will keep doing it. And they stoically take it take that challenge i mean have you stopped before because you thought somebody was going too far uh yes couple times mm -hmm. uh, when i could see like person is in a subspace and i don't feel that pain is growing for mm -hmm. them like or they just ignore it or they're like in completely different like i don't know i don't know why actually that <laughs> happened um but yeah, many reasons why people just don't understand that it is too much. But I see like physical signs like, oh, no, your yeah. fingers are getting blue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to this take a for me. <laughs> or, or like one gentleman, I was kicking him in the balls and mm. he would ask me for more and more and more. And I was baby dumb at that moment. And I didn't really knew too much about ball busting. And I was keep kicking him. And I was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, yeah, keep going. Keep going as hard as you can. And then he ejaculated with blood. <gasps> oh, my God. Like, I saw just blood. And I was like, holy shit. And he was I like, didn't no, even no, know it could happen like that. I had no idea. It was bizarre. I was so scared. And then he started to comfort me. He was like, no, 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 it's all fine. Don't worry about it. You're good. You're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, a little far. I'm not I'm not good with blood. So this is like not the story for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I'm I like, was... if this happened, what happened for me? I'm like, oh, my God. I know. I wasn't ready for that at that moment. I freaked out. I imagine. I, we're not doing this anymore up to this level. No, <laughs> no, mm -hmm. no, no. There's actually a question where I think I know the answer already regarding mm -hmm. you, but um, the question is, is it easier to dom someone you dislike? I don't think so. That's what I thought you'd say. Yeah, because domination actually comes from the place of love. Mm. Actually have to take care of that person. Mm, yeah. Because you want them to trust you and at least that's like my opinion you know like i i don't know maybe it is easier for somebody else but i tend 
to do better when I actually care about a person and their well-being and I know them. Yeah, it's so much easier for me. Well, and you are playing a scene, right? So that you're in something together. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily you taking revenge. It's not real life in that sense. <laughs> no, because you're still responsible. You're there to have a mutual pleasure. And yes. if you want to do the scene because you're angry or you want to do revenge, it's not a BDSM anymore. It's straight abuse. Exactly. Exactly. Like, even if they agree, like, you are there, you are going there, not from the place of love and care and pleasure. Yeah. No, that's not that's some, Yeah, that's something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, do, I don't do sessions if I'm angry. Like, even if I have a bad day and someone requests a session, I cancel it because I, really? I can't. Do, yeah, I can't do that because... I, I don't want to hurt other person by accident. I know I can. And I just don't want to put them in that risk. Mm, makes a lot of sense. Another question, and this is a little bit more towards materials, but somebody asked best latex brand, in your opinion. I don't know. I like most of the brands that are presented at the website Etsy, a oh, lot nice, of yeah. people, um, they have like, it's like a small businesses all over the world. Um, a lot of them actually in Europe and they just make such a beautiful designs and everyone is unique in their own way. And I have a lot of them of the very, very different ones. So I could possibly never choose the best one it's <laughs> all about like what you actually like so but yeah go on etsy.com they have brilliant designers who work with latex and they make dresses or like play suits or cosplay outfits or sex lingerie whatever you can imagine and beyond that and it's all incredible people are so talented i can't believe it how many <laughs> are yeah, it's interesting because i think like when I um, when I looked at different floggers and all of these things, mm-hmm. I feel like the people who make the most beautiful pieces, most of them actually are in the BDSM world themselves, right? It's not like mm-hmm. they're completely yeah. outside of it, creating things. They're actually practicing themselves and then making beautiful products because they've been doing this for so long. Yeah, exactly. And they know what they need. And a lot of... Um like whatever you can buy in sex shop you don't want to buy it at all because uh, when you practice for so much you know what you need you know what you want to feel what you want to achieve and uh, you obviously want to use better materials that are gonna last longer um because you tend to use them very much (laughs) exactly (laughs) (laughs) and you tend to use them like in a very very hardcore way sometimes you know because you practice a lot and because you push somebody else's boundaries and yeah things break and you don't want them to break especially if you like them so yeah like uh, small businesses and independent crafters tend Mm. to use materials and do something with knowledge they know why they make things certain way Yes, that's a great tip. Um, last question from the audience, and I 
chose it to be last because it pertains to aftercare. (laughs) (laughs) But it's interesting because I've never thought about this before. So there's obviously aftercare for a sub, but this person is asking, what does aftercare look like for a dominatrix? And was it provided (laughs) to you when you needed it last? Yes, of course. Uh, I mean, I don't tend to ask for that every time I need it. Mm -hmm. Aftercare for me, I provide for myself because to me, the best way to take care of myself after the session is actually to be alone and interesting. Mm-hmm. cuddle under the blanket or just lay down there and not do anything at all um but yeah sometimes i also when i do something new or when i do something very extreme um uh, i do want my submissive to thank me for what i'm doing and for the time i spent with them and maybe give me a hug or i don't know like give me a gift or feed me maybe because i i do all the physical work (laughs) most of the time and i don't know like pour me a glass of water and feed me with like chocolate candies would be very nice Mm. actually my last very intense session was in the forest so we were just walking around the forest and not talking and just being present and that was the way that like aftercare for me that they were in that quiet moment with me and they were sharing that quiet moment. Wow, it's so incredible talking to you. And again, we could talk forever. I mm-hmm. um, I wanted to ask you for the audience, what is next for you and how can people find your work? Uh, people can find me on Instagram, uh, my new freshly unbanned account <laughs> <laughs> is yes, mistress with triple S and end triple S. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes too, so people can find it easily. Yes. Uh, same on Twitter. Um, you can find other materials about me, such as like website or YouTube, um, is Vea Vesper, V-E-A Vesper. Uh, and yeah, that's what next to me is I'm launching school in Russian when yes. this is going to go well. I will learn what I did wrong. Perspective. <laughs> one thing at a time. Now I do it in my comfortable level uh, and the next one is going to be in a very challenging level and I hope I will be able to tell people something new and share my knowledge to those who want it and who will want to start a job, I would be happy to share my knowledge. Mm, Thank you. I'm sure. I mean, the two people that asked, they should definitely hit you up. And I'm so excited for your school, especially when it comes out in English. I look forward to it. It's very exciting. I'm very excited. Very very. Um, Thank you so much again for coming on the show. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Amen. 
Thank you guys so much for joining us today on Pillow Talk. You can check out my incredible guest, Vespa, in the show notes. If you like today's show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you next Sunday.